Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hi, this is Sandy Wiener. Um, something was going on with the show, and uh, I had to call back in. So I'm sorry for the for the delay. And um, I wanted to just welcome you to Last First Date Radio. And I am the founder and chief love officer here. And thank you for joining us. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving off the charts love in the second half of life and we have a fabulous show coming up for you today i'm going to be speaking with self-awareness trainer speaker and writer andrea Contero about the importance of self-love because without self-love we cannot love somebody else as a dating coach i specialize in helping women date as a high value woman that they are in every other part of their lives because when a woman knows her true value, she attracts her most aligned partner. And most women who come to me for support are amazing. They are incredible women. They are amazing at work, and they struggle with romantic relationships. And they often bring some level of what we call masculine energy into their dating life. The the stuff that makes them successful at work is not the same thing that makes them successful in relationships. And so that's a lot of the work that I do is to help women really put a mirror up to what they are doing or saying that might be turning off the men that they're attracted to. So if you would like to learn the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around now and find lasting love, I would love to give you a copy on my website. Go to lastfirstdate.com, lastfirstdate.com, and sign up on my homepage. I also want to invite you to my new Facebook group, Your Last First Date. So just go to Facebook and search in groups for Your Last First Date. This is a completely free resource for any woman over 40 who would like support in dating and relationships. The group is positive you will use to succeed at dating. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Audible. So audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. That's audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. Go there and grab your free Audible book and your free month trial of Audible. Audible is a fantastic resource if you like listening to audiobooks so that you can read as you go. Check out audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our guest, Andrea Contero. Her passion is enabling leaders to unlock their greatest potential and achieve a deep sense of fulfillment. She has an MBA and a master's in psychology with research focus on leadership and mindfulness. And she has a strong background in medicine, microbiology, and chemistry. 
Andrea has been studying the art of enlightenment for over 15 years. She's a self-awareness trainer, speaker, writer, and founder of The Village, a university-based spirituality group. So welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I don't know what happened before with the um, with the lines, but I was getting a high ringing tone. I had to call in on my cell phone, so um, <laughs> just scrambling here to make this work. But it, it's really interesting that you you went from a very kind of left brain world of science and into more of the right brain of yeah. uh, of enlightenment. So, what made you go there? That's the first question. Well, and then we go there. Yeah, that that's um I get that question a lot. So since I was a kid, I um I was into my own world. You know, I, I was what most people call an introverted child and so I created I, I questioned things and I, I gave answers to those things that I questioned in my mind. And that is who I am at my core. But, um, you know, as we grow up, we, and so my curiosity led me to the sciences, right? So the research, the microbiology, the medicine to learn about the human body and um, how we function. And then after that, you know, I got the MBA um, just, you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to make money. Uh, that, that's, it's really the honest truth to go into that and to really get, um, become an expert in the business world, which is very, very different than being a scientist. Mm-hmm. So, but while I was doing that, I would find myself reading some deep philosophical books. And so that was, again, being my true self. And after 10 years of being in sales, um, I decided to to honor myself and go back and study um, the human being and the behavior and really, really get a really good understanding of philosophy, spirituality, metaphysics, and all of that. Mm. Interesting. So, and there's nothing wrong with admitting that you wanted to make money because you have to support yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think that a lot of people feel like it's dirty to say. And actually, um, I have a son who's who's an artist and a musician, and we have these conversations quite a bit about don't be afraid to ask for money for your work because otherwise you're not really valuing yourself. So that's actually a good segue to love and, you know, valuing yourself. And and so let's talk about the foundation of what does make a healthy relationship. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that is everyone's, I think we ask that, but we really don't, we really don't have an answer. So the reason I, I, I try to be authentic in, in every interaction I have. So I think the, the key to a healthy relationship is really in the intent. So, it's about asking ourselves why are we or why do we want a relationship? Um, it's about walking into a relationship from a place of wanting one and not needing one and then committing to doing the work, right? It's kind of like doing what you love. When, when you're doing what you love, you, you immediately commit. So you don't need to do it. You're loving it. So I hope a relationship is one in, in which both people come together with the intent of sharing each other, not taking from each other, right? So when we're at that point, we both uh, create a space in which each of us can nurture that space 
from a place of compassion, understanding, and patience. And if I'm in a place of not sharing, I walk into a relationship or any relationship with the intent of getting something from the other person, right? So it's not the intent of nurturing a space, of uh, co-creating a space. It's the intent of, well, if I am with a guy or with a girl, I will be happy. I will feel more stable. I will feel more secure. I will have uh, continuous sex or love or approval. So it's very important also, um, I think this is something that I wanted to mention, that when we walk into any relationship, to come in it with the intent of learning. And that's why I say intent is the main ingredient. Because if I walk, if I'm on a date with someone and I'm on a date with the intent of, okay, my goal at the end of the date is this, then in a way I'm controlling the outcome of the experience. But if I walk into a quote-unquote date and I say, okay, I'm here to learn about me, about what gaps I can potentially, I potentially have, and about the other person, not what gaps they have or what they don't, but I'm here to learn about each other. And um, another last thing uh, that I feel strongly about is being authentic. It's something that I call being real. So expressing exactly what I'm feeling and experience being in that moment with that person, accepting myself as a human being. All my emotions, they come and go with me, and I'm sitting in front of you, and this is me. And expressing myself as truly as possible. You know, it's pretty scary, but it's quite fun when we do it. And so effective. I mean, you, you've mentioned so many important things. So I just want to want to recap. So you said it's important to want a relationship and not need one. So I want to push back on that one just a little bit because I think that really we do need relationships to um, to thrive. That um, there's a difference between neediness and being alone and wanting a relationship to sort of complete you, which is a whole fallacy, and also mm-hmm. admitting that relationships are actually a need. Sex is a need. Companionship is a need. Um, so, you know, I just, do you agree with that distinction? I don't know, you know, what yeah. you mean by not need. Yeah, so you're right. So needing meaning, um, meaning being needy, right? I need to be with a person in order to be happy. I need to be with someone in order to feel secure. So, yeah, as human beings, we're we're social beings. I mean, we have the necessity to build communities. We can't. I mean, there are the the tribes in Africa, you know, their their rate of suicide is extremely low because they're able to build communities. So we do need that. But if I'm looking for a relationship or a romantic relationship with someone, if I walk into it because I have that need, that means I'm, I'm, I'm filling up a hole within me that I can't fill and I'm going to seek that from you. So at that moment, you're, you're, it's, an, it's imbalanced because, first of all, it's unfair to the other person that the other person doesn't know you have that need. I need to have sex every day, so therefore I'm going to be in a relationship. I need to be, mm-hmm. I need to feel loved, so therefore, no, well, okay, sex, I understand that, but if I go into a relationship in order to feel loved, then, okay, I have to step back and understand why can I feel loved with what I have right now, with my family, my friends, my job, what I do in my free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Okay, so just you know, I just wanted to clarify that one. And then uh, the commitment to doing the work, that 
such a big part. It's like so many people mm-hmm. feel, I had a client write to me, she's in a great relationship right now, and she's like, you know, I, she mentioned something about getting married, and, you know, is that sort of the guarantee that the relationship is going to be successful, and or, you know, that mm-hmm. he'll be committed. And no, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's, and it's, it's not, I think what a lot of people confuse this is it feels like it's so much work, it's hard work. It's, no, it's more about nurturing the relationship and not it's just, yep. you know, not letting it go. Once you're in a relationship, you do have to be fully expressed. You have to mm-hmm. talk about things. You know, things do come up. They always come up. And if you're, if you're in a great relationship, you can talk about everything because there's a level of safety and trust that you've developed and you know how to discuss these things without being triggered, without being defensive or offensive. Um, and those are all really essential relationship skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, um, I think in a way, uh, I, I was born and raised in Colombia, South America, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a, just a little bit biased in regards to, to what, quote-unquote, happiness is for me. I mean, there's contentment, right? So it, it's almost like here in the States, there is this idea of, of that a relationship is a romance novel, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that we need somebody and if we don't feel chemistry deadly, and I've learned this from um, a woman that's coached me into understanding that that if we don't feel um, that that intensity at the first meeting, that it's just not going to work. But, you know, love love is like when, when I, if I plant a seed of a flower, I can't expect that seed to grow into a flower the next day. You know, the flower has to take its course to express its beauty. And it takes Mm -hmm. a long time. And guess what? It takes me to nurture that flower. It takes me to enabling that flower to express its beauty. And that is the relationship that it takes time. You know, it takes us to understand ourselves and and be patient. Like you said, yeah, you're doing the work, you know, flowering, watering the flower. Yeah, I know. I love the I love the garden analogy actually because I I I often use it too because I think this instant love is such a fallacy and it's mm-hmm. people write about it. There's movies about it, but even in yes. online dating, it's like I won't know it when I see it. When you walk <laughs> into the room, it's gonna hit me and it'll either be there or it won't. And no, you know, right. yeah, there's right. certain sparks. There are certain connections, sparks of connection mm-hmm. that we feel, but that that instant chemistry, wow, that is such a disservice that that Hollywood has done to to love um, because it's not real love, it's not mature love. Um, so, yeah. So you've talked about a healthy relationship. So would you say that those those things that you talk about are also the same components of love? Wow. Um, well, love to me is, is like I said, I'm, I'm Colombian, so I've got that passion running through my veins. And so um, mm-hmm. the, the, re, the relationship, the, the things that I mentioned are more, um, I guess, tangible. I, I perceive love as intangible, as, as like unmeasurable, like coming from my soul, right? Um, so... You know, to to, to the to the a comment that you said that Hollywood, that the media has, oh my gosh, just just like 
diluted the word love, right, and, and the ability for us to perceive what love is. It, it's very true, and that's why I go back um, to my first answer that, in a way, I, I don't feel that most people know what love is. You know, uh, what, what true, true love, at the end of the day, no matter how many self-help books are out there, it is the ability for me to love myself that means for me to stop judging myself. And these are like, these are internal dialogues that are running in our minds since, since we were born, right? Because of, not, yeah, because of, of the adjustment that we, were to, that we had to make with our caregivers. And so the stopping the judgment, the seeking of approval, um, the chasing gold in order to be somebody so that I can prove someone right or wrong. And then instead, turn turn our attention back to ourselves and nourish and nurture my being. And I feel that it's very important to evolve emotionally, to reach a higher level of self-awareness, to reach a higher level of consciousness. It doesn't mean, you know, you're going to become a Buddha or anything, but yeah, we Mm -hmm. have the ability to go up. You know, if, if, if we're going down, that's a choice that we make. We ask, if we go down, we have the ability to go up. So, so, for example, I thought about this last night as I was prepping for this call, that true love is, is like, for example, being accepting that I am a purple, five-legged dog that speaks five languages and going from there. You know, if I accept that, I'm going to find somebody one day because I know who I am. Like, I value myself. I value my purple color. I value my five legs. So now imagine for a second the opposite. Like, if I try to become a white or a yellow dog, and I try to cut off one leg to be accepted in society, right, so that I can find somebody, because I just feel so lonely, and I understand that. But that's what people do. We are who we are, and then we try to become someone else. That causes a lot of suffering. So as you can mm-hmm. see, it takes a lot of courage and work on ourselves to be authentic, right? That I'm going to be yellow, I'm going to be purple, and I'm going to walk. But you know what? If I'm purple, I can create a community because I'm, I'm, I'm a dog. Well, in the sense that I'm a human and I have gaps. And so it's, it's, to, it's going against those false beliefs that were given to us that are, that are being fed to us by other people, by society, by institution, whatever. And to be real is to love ourselves, which is to accept ourselves as we are today. And only when we're able to do that can we truly love, we can truly love other people and accept them as how they are, not try to change them. And if you look at society, it's all about, you know, trying to change you. Like I was thinking this morning, the self-help books, you know, every single human being on this earth has a unique fingerprint. Now, I studied medicine. Every single person has a different aorta trajectory, right? So every person is unique. So how are you going to tell me that a self-help book that comes out is going to help me when only I know my reality better than anybody else? Now, I can take that book and accommodate its things. But everything is so, like, we, everything is given to us. And my pitch is you become you and honor you and you give yourself to the world. And you write your own book, and you put it out there when you're interacting with other people. That, to me, is true love. Mm. Yeah, you speak a lot of truth here. <laughs> I think that um, it really takes 
tremendous courage to stand mm-hmm. up for who we are authentically. And again, I love having these conversations with my son as he is emerging as an adult and and he has stood up over and over again. He has such self-awareness, so I see it in action. And I love mm-hmm. watching him step into his authenticity, even when it goes against the grain, because that's yes. where the true beauty happens. And it doesn't just happen in your relationships. It happens at work, too, if you're really aligned. And he is a musician and an artist. The more aligned he is with really believing in his true authentic self, the more he's going to put out work that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. Talk about some practical ways that people, you, you know, you talked about silencing the voices and, um, you know, and really being authentic. So can you give a few suggestions as to ways that people can start today really tapping into the way who they are authentically? The way that people are? What I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. If you can give some practical suggestions as to how people can tap into their authenticity and, and start really mm. loving themselves more. Wow. Okay. That I love that question because it's so loaded. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's a whole week worth of discussion. Um, <laughs> oh, there are so many. So if we look at uh, if we look at tangible ways, um, I think journaling. So our self-awareness, right? To, to, I'm, I'm all about self-aware that if I'm, if I'm acting, if I'm behaving a certain way and if something doesn't go the way that I wanted it or if something doesn't feel right, I, I like to study, quote-unquote, that experience. And so I think journaling would be a good way. Um, you know, if we, if, if we don't have the, the assistance of a specialist like a psychotherapist, which would be my first option to tell everybody, you know, if you if you truly want to gain some sort of self-awareness, go see an existential type of psychotherapist. He'll really get you going. Um, but it'll take about a year to get you there. But for those of us that don't have that choice, or um, I think journaling would be one thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say reading. I, I've read a lot. I love, love reading. And one of the things, two things that got me, um, that speeded my ability to be more aware were reading philosophy books and um, studying Tibetan Buddhism. Now, I've studied other religions as well. I was born and raised Catholic, then I went agnostic and all those things. But um, So I think those two things are key. Uh, philosophy, journaling gives, my, gives me the ability to, to express myself without fear. I, it's just me in a piece of paper in, in a pen. So I'm fearless, right? So you practice on the journal, and then maybe if you can get comfortable with that journal, you can you can share your feelings or you can share, instead of writing on the journal, you can share that with a friend. So what I'm getting to is lack of fear. When we, when we, when we diminish fear, we become more aware, right? So we become more aware, we become less fearful, we become more authentic. So... Start slow, journal, and talking to a friend, and then ultimately at some point you'll be able to express yourself without fear with a romantic partner. And then the other thing that I mentioned was philosophy and um, Tibetan Buddhism. I'm I'm not a Buddhist. I just love the philosophy. Um, The mind, see, we're, we're all 
ruled by the mind, meaning that who we are today is a is an accumulation of my experiences through my entire life. Okay, and so when when I encounter a relationship, all of those wounds are going to come up. And so most of us, what happens is we don't have the skills, like we don't have the ability to freeze and fear and whatnot. And so philosophy allows me to, to understand the mind and to understand that, yeah, at the end of the day, it is my thoughts that create my reality. But where do my thoughts come from? And then you just go from there. And then you understand that that all the, all of the fears that we have and all of the walls that we put up, that we have the ability to break them down. But they're not that bad. They're not bad at all. Mm-hmm. It's just we live in our own fantastic <laughs> story, you know, tales and and, um, yeah. and, and fantasy. Yeah, at the end of the day. yeah. well, we, we get in our own way, but also we have the ability to change it, and that's super empowering. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't realize how much power they have to create the life that they want. And mm-hmm. a lot of these suggestions are great pathways to get there. Um, so um, in the last few minutes that we have, um, can you share some of the challenges that you've had in dating and relationships and how you've overcome them? Oh. Um, <laughs> so the challenges that I've seen were obviously challenges that I've faced and I've um through time I've also seen reflecting on other people and it's it's just ultimately authenticity and self awareness, right? Um it's like you it's like you said a few minutes ago, it's it's we we get in the way of ourselves and and just having the courage, Sandy, you know, just having the courage that if if I truly want a loving relationship what kind of relationship do I want? Do I want a loving relationship? Do I want a semi-loving relationship? And then acting from there and being honest. I think the word honest is really not like the right word. You know, to me it's like being authentic, being raw. You know, like eating raw food. You're eating the food without being cooked. Like there's no uh, mutation in, in the atoms of the food, right? So you're raw. So to me, it's the authenticity and the self-awareness that, hey, you know what? If I'm interacting with, with a guy or a girl, I, I'm not I'm not aware of what I'm doing. I'm not I'm just there, and and I'm not really engaged in the experience. I'm not really um, like juicing the experience, like asking as many questions as I can, so I can get to know. Because what I have in front of me is a human being. It's not an object. So it's going to take us literally, I think, maybe a lifetime to get to, get to know somebody. So authenticity and self-awareness are the two biggest things that I've seen. And the way that I've been able to cope with it, um, you know, I have the master's in psychology. I've studied, I've gone deep into philosophy, metaphysics, and um, a lot of psychotherapy. In order, psychotherapy has given me the ability um, to, to use I don't want to say skills because it objectifies us, but yeah, so for me to be able to communicate better and understand myself better so that I can in turn understand other people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that what you say, um, you've said several times that we need to learn about other people and learn about ourselves. And that's so key because, um, you know, this morning, again, on another coaching call, I was speaking to a client who 
had made a lot of assumptions about the people that she was communicating with online. Mm -hmm. And we tend to do that. We tend to immediately assume that somebody is a certain way because that's our experience. And so what I always encourage to get curious and to ask questions. And, you know, there's usually five other reasons why somebody does what they do or acts the way they do. And, and we need to stop limiting. And um, I think that just that, that whole, if nobody takes away anything else, to just mm-hmm. connect, be authentic, but really get curious and don't assume that everybody is a reflection of you, that we are all mm-hmm. unique, as you say, we're all unique human beings. We act from, from our own unique set, set of circumstances and from our life history and um, and that's how we are in the world. So find out, you know, ask questions. So um, thank you so much for being on the show today, Andrea. Touching the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, but self-love is such a key part of finding relationships of, that really are effective and where we really can find love. Um, and so thank you. And please tell our audience how they can find you. Thank you so much, Sandy. It's it's my pleasure, um, again, sharing what I've learned with, with all of you guys. And thank you for listening, for those of you out there. And uh, you can find me on uh, my website called Metis, so M-E-T-I-S-Q.com. And you'll pretty much find anything and everything you need to know about uh, my firm. And you can go on LinkedIn and look me up and look at my experience. Uh, Andrea Quintero, that's Q U I N. T-E-R-O. Okay. Well, thank you, Andrea, and thank you, everybody, for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.